Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is, hello. I know every single time I record a new episode I always say that I want to get back into the episodes and have guests and interviews and all that, but you know, we've all fall, fell down on things over the years, things that we want to do that wind up not coming to fruition, but that doesn't mean that they will never come to fruition. So, today is basically kind of talking about that, but in a more positive sense, right? Um, just today, my girlfriend, who also has a podcast, I want to like go into like dropping names just because, you know, they're personal life connections. Um, but she recorded her own um, her own year interview with one of her friends, and it inspired me to do my own. And I, of course, I have to thank her because uh, throughout this year, she's been a major inspiration for me getting back into things that I've kind of fell down on, um, in regard to my creative life. I got, I, even though it's been very slow, I, I did record some podcast episodes. I did record a new YouTube video for the first time since last October. I did try new things with my artwork because she's inspired me in that way. And I'm incredibly grateful to have a partner in my life that allows me to be inspired by what she does what she says and that i'm incredibly proud of her and everything that she's been fighting through and all that so i want to start off with that just because i wouldn't be recording this episode without her inspiring me to do so um and she's been there by my side uh through a lot of things and i've been there by her side for a lot of things and here we are so today's episode i'm going to be talking about my goals that i wrote out last new year's uh for 2022 and then go over my list for goals for 2023 now the thing that i've always noticed about these these lists is that they change throughout the year certain things i lose interest in i realize i don't really want to do that anymore or i find that there are certain things that are just consistent and they're just general goals going forward that i try to keep up on throughout the year but they're not exactly specific to that year. Like, I want to do exactly this thing for this year. If I don't do it this year, it's a loss. Rather, there are often things that are like, let's let's try to do these specific things every year going forward until they no longer make sense. I also find that physically writing out the goals on, on paper with a pen or pencil, I'm a pencil guy myself, um, that... It becomes more tangible. It feels more realistic when you physically write them out. Not only that, but making them specific, making them like real applicable goals for your life. The thing about New Year's resolutions that I've always witnessed in my friends and myself and my family is that the the generic um, you know, New Year's resolution, for example, one of the most popular ones is starting to work out um, or get back into working out is that it's it's so generic it's so ambiguous about time frame about how you want to work out what time and all that kind of stuff that it just kind of becomes a, a general like want desire to do this thing but it doesn't necessarily come to fruition and that's entirely okay you know sometimes a lot of times life happens and prevents you from being able to accomplish your New Year's resolutions. Um, but I've always found that it's 
it's better to write out a list of specific things because you're making smaller steps that way. You're making more progress, even if you don't check off your entire list, or even if your list completely flips on its head is completely different by the end of the year, you've made small steps and you can check things off. Rather than you know realizing, oh, it's May and I've only gone to the gym three times. Like, that's not exactly the most successful but that's, of course, a whole different conversation. Um, yeah, so I've been doing these, like, recording my goals and putting them up. Um, whether or not I actually post them or not, I've always recorded a year in review looking at my goals. And this time, I, I don't know if I've done this in the past, but this time I have my nice Pentel Graph Gear 1000, one of my favorite mechanical pencils that does not cost an arm and a leg. I'm looking at you, Rotring. Um, that... I want to cross off these while I'm recording this, kind of go through them. If there's extra context, I'll give it. If things have changed, I'll talk about why they've changed. Um, or if things got postponed, same situation. There's always going to be things that will affect how you progress through your written out goals. I mostly recommend this, especially for artists of any media, um, that writing these things out... Um, it's, it's, again, like I said, it's more tangible. Like, I can know that, oh, I did exactly that thing. I can physically cross that off. And if it's something I can do again and I want to do again, let's put it on next year's list as well. I've also often added to the list in the first few weeks of the new year. So my list that I have for 2023 is only one page in my notebook. But last year this time, I added into it. And I... You know, I have like on my sheet here, I, I know, like I can tell based on the handwriting and the graphite that, oh, these were ones I added later. But these ones on this page are all the same like density of handwriting. It's like, yeah, I know that I wrote these in one sitting. And that's exactly what it is for my new, uh, my 2023 ones. Um, so we'll get into that. So yeah, the first thing I have in my list is actually what I'm doing right now is the podcast. And while I didn't really consistently put up episodes i put up i believe one or two episodes i think just one before this one um that was kind of just a recap of my mfa so far and um i know a couple of my mfa colleagues listened to that episode and they they got a good giggle out of a couple of the specific things that i was being very vague about um yeah you know i'm trying to be professional here right um but at the same time you know the podcast has really fallen down and I really want it to be something good, something strong, something helpful, not only for me, but helpful to the artists that I would be talking to. Um, and I think going forward, um, you know, to help with the podcast, I kind of want to talk to more than just photographers, um, primarily focus it on people using cameras, but you know, I want it to be broader than that. Um, just because it is a very creative process and being in a um, contemporary fine art MFA program, I'm surrounded by non-photographers. So I think it would be more helpful. Um, so I can I can like dash cross that one off because I kind of did, kind of didn't. So I'm going to do little dots going across the word podcast. Um, make more zines. I didn't make a single zine this year. So that one lies not crossed off. Um, and that's, of course, based on everything going on with school. I thought I would have time, especially over the summer. Um, 
you know, I had, and for some of you that are listening, you may have been one of the people that I accepted into my up, my in progress, still technically in progress, um, curated photo book um, that was based on single image narratives. And a huge reason why that got postponed um, was because right when I was getting ready to like put it into motion, have my girlfriend write the foreword and everything, that's when a lot of shit hit the fan globally. And there were a lot of folks from countries that were either affected or latently affected by some of those global events. And of course, I'm speaking of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And that was a really, really hard time to be witnessing that from afar and just seeing the horrible things that um, the Russian military was doing in Ukraine having friends and family that are either Ukrainian themselves or, you know, have Ukrainian descent or family that live over there and hearing about, you know, what they've been going through is just, it's horrifying. And of course I didn't feel right putting a book together where a lot, like literally half of the people that submitted were people from countries either latently or directly affected by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So I chose to put it on the farthest back burner and not worry about it. It is technically done. Everyone that was able to send me pictures, sent me pictures. The design is done. All that's left is, you know, getting that forward written. And of course, I didn't tell my girlfriend to write it because at, at the time, because I was like, I told her this is going on and I don't feel right doing it. So let's put it on the back burner. Um but eventually that that book will be done so those of you that are that are listening that were um that i sent out that email saying hey i would like to include this piece in your work in the book um you know i'll send out another email saying hey if you're still willing to participate in this book um let me know i'm gonna put it together it's basically done i just this is the reason if you listen to the episode you'll know that i postponed it because of some specific very large global event that caused a lot of problems. Um, so that one, I'm going to do another dashed line. I changed my mind because I did edit and like put together a photo book zine thing, but it never actually got physically made. Um, learned how to hand bind zines. Eh, I've kind of lost interest in that. I've not really been super into like I, I appreciate the crap out of people who hand make photo books and all that. I have a few handmade photo books and they are so cool and I do think it would be such a cool skill to have. But I'm much more interested in the design and the editing of and the writing of photo books rather than the physical creation of them. Um However, it's still something I would like to witness and learn about, but I'm not sure if it's something that I want to do myself. So right now, that's where I stand. So that one is actually going to be um, not crossed off. Apply for project grants. Well, I kind of did. Um, there were only a couple I did later in the year and a few of them, actually all of them that would have been announced this year, I did not get. That's par for the course. You're going to apply to a lot of things and you're not going to get a lot of things. Um, but I did later apply to another one, of course, because I haven't heard any word back about if I'm going to get anything, I'm not going to say any specific names of grants, but I have been applying to them. So yes, I'll cross that one off because even though I didn't succeed in getting anything, I did the work, even if it didn't come up. 
um, shoot more 35 mil. I did. Yeah, I got a new point and shoot from a friend in Chicago. Um, I've been using that thing ever since I got it. Um, even though film is really expensive, color film especially, I have been documenting my life with it. Um, and my girlfriend has helped inspire me to do so. All the things that we do with her, that I do with her and friends and all that, it's been a lot of fun having that point and shoot with me. Yeah, I can still take pictures on my phone. I still do. But the point and shoot has that certain aesthetic that we all know and love. Monthly blog. Well, it wasn't monthly. I did write a, li- a bit more, though. Um, you guys can take a look back on my website if you go to jessmoody.com and then click on the more tab. You'll see my blog. It's a picture of me having a glass of beer. And, um, yeah, that's that's where I've been writing. Um, there is an RSS feed you can subscribe to if you're one of those old folks that uses those. Um, that's not true. There's, there's younger folks that use RSS feeds, but I have that and, um, I have written a bit more and it's been really cool to kind of work through certain realizations that I'll be getting to later, um, that helped me learn about my practice and, um, good kind of short term retrospectives is kind of what the blog posts are. So I'll do another dashed one because it wasn't monthly, but I did write more. Business cards. Yep, I got those. That's nice and easy. I made new business cards. They are more effective, but I also have a new design for post-MFA, um, where I've changed a couple of the terminology. I've changed up the general design. The layout is about the same. New typography, but I'm also going to be putting in the corner MFA UMass Dartmouth, BA Illinois State University, just so I can have like, hey, I have these academic certificates, these diplomas from these institutions. And it's on my business card. Um, be exhibited once or twice? Technically, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I was exhibited one time, technically speaking. Um, so, yeah, we'll call it that. It was um, in Wisconsin. Um, I had a show that I sent off. Two photos that are currently living in my apartment right now. My little shoebox apartment. Um, it was a photo from Do Nudge Face West, which I'm slowly but surely uploading the near final edits to my website um it's one of the two projects on my homepage. um so you go to jessmoody.com um it's right there doing edge face west it's a picture of the lamp with the snow mounds um but then another photo that i have from uh late 2018 is a photo i shot in normal illinois um of this single roll of film for my small uh mini project called oak street um that one actually got an award at that show, which was very cool. Um, it was a nice uh, nice addition to my CV, both the exhibition and that award. So it was very cool. Um, very happy that I was able to have that show. Shout out to CVA in Wausau, Wisconsin. It was nice to also be exhibited at a um, local regional um, exhibition space in a state that I once lived in. I was hoping I could go to it, but I was unfortunately unable to afford or account for the time necessary for it. Um, experiment with moving picture more, which I kind of did not a whole lot, but I did a little bit. Um, what I've also found with doing moving photos or basically video art is that I'm really, really, really interested in doing it. I want to do it more, but I found that for the sake of my thesis, my ongoing thesis, that it didn't really fit anymore. I had this project, um, called nowhere is home for me that is in like it's basically just a sketch at this point like a video sketch 
And it's exploring a lot of the same things that I've explored in a lot of my projects, especially um, an ongoing project called Aimless Home, which is about feeling lost while you're at home. Um, my thesis is about placelessness and in-betweens, both cognitive and physical. Um, and this video project was kind of about that, but more in the travel aspect. And it, it was fun to work on it for a while, but I found as I was experimenting more with moving picture for this, that it really didn't have what it needed, which was a proper long-term road trip or multiple road trips, because I was doing a lot of it very local and very specific to certain regions that I would visit. And I found that that just did not work well for the idea. And, you know, my, my girlfriend is a writer. She's got her MFA in creative writing. And I want to, this is something I'll get to, but I want to work with her on an idea like that. Not necessarily that exact idea, but just the idea of including writing with photography. And not necessarily my writing, like I'm a more of an academic writer. She's a creative writer, um, narrative focused. I'm very like, you know, I write about photography and art. Like that's my, that's my gig. Um, so that's something that I was trying to incorporate in the video, the moving picture stuff. Um, so I'll cross that one off because yes, I did experiment with it. Book dummies for projects. Yeah, technically, um, they weren't physical again, but they were just digital. Um, but I did edit sequences for projects, um, and figuring out how they could live on a page. Um, but nothing was again, physically made. So I'll do a, I'll do an actual cross off on that because I think that still counts. Um, try more assemblage photography meaning physically making a thing and taking a picture of that thing. But in addition to um, the like assemblage is a very like amorphous term as well. It has a lots, lots of varying definitions in the art world. It also would mean like physically combining images in either a digital or usually physical way. And I kind of did, I experimented a bit more with it and I, I somewhat did it with an installation project that's still ongoing. Um, that involves Polaroids. So I'll give that one a proper cross off. I did some digital assemblages or composites is the more photography friendly word. Composite would of course be putting multiple images together. Um, my friend Joey Miller has been doing a lot of those lately. He's got some very cool stuff that he's been working on. So of course, if you know Joey Miller, I forget what his, I think he's cowboy killer these days, but he's a great friend of mine. Um, and he's been doing some very cool stuff. Um, with, you know, digital assemblages, also known as uh, composites. So, yes. High production conceptual photos. Um, budget friendly, though. I kind of did a couple. So, I'll since I didn't give myself a quantity, I did about three or four like that. Um, and high production is massively in air quotes. Um... So I would say, yeah, I cross it off because even though some of those photos won't necessarily end up in my thesis, um, I did, you know, orchestrate some pictures. My girlfriend helped out, some other friends helped out, and it was a lot of fun doing them. So yes, I, I will I'll cross that one off. So I'll do like a little like dashed line through high production because they were not very high production. Experiment in the darkroom more. Oh, heck yeah, I did. Um, I... Have done. I did something in the dark room that I've always wanted to try out, which is, it's a, it's basically like a photogram, and I'm positive this is so far from original. But I took a a lighter, cigarette lighter, 
and um, put photo paper on the on the enlarger tray. Made sure no one else was in there, or at least no one else was printing. Um, and I used the lighter to flash the paper, burn it, <laughs> and almost literally. Um, I used my hand to kind of direct the light a little bit. It was a lot of fun. I wound up creating an assemblage image um, that uh, involved those basically like spark prints, flash prints, whatever you want to call them, um, flare prints. Uh, put them on what actually was my my bathroom door. I moved everything away from my bathroom door, which has my little tray of shoe, my shoe rack, um, my uh, bathroom towels and all that. I moved my coat rack that has my uh, clothes on it, all that stuff. So I had a nice clean white wall surrounding it with the wood floor showing at the very bottom of the frame. I put those um, those flare prints up there. I put basically one at a time. I wound up using the one that has my hand with some little lightning bolts kind of going through it because of the sparks. Um, and that one uh, was the most successful um, image. It was a fun experiment. It has nothing to do with my thesis. It was actually partially for class, um, but it was also something I just wanted to do. I wanted to try it out. Um, so yeah, I crossed that one off. Publish Dune. Dune Edge Face West. Well, no. Um, that project has gone through so many growing pains with the scans since it's all on film, um, that I, I found that I really wanted to make sure that these scans were bang on before I started working with the publisher for that. Um, I of course can't speak specifically on it because nothing is signed yet. Um, but there are conversations being had about Dune Edge Face West, um, being published as a photo book. Um, we've decided what the stature of the book is, hardcover versus softcover. I don't want to give away any specific details, um, but of course you can, like I said before, you can look at the artwork on my website. So that one gets a, a dashed cross off because progress was made, but it was not actually finished. Slow down process. Um, try to do less, which almost goes against what my, um, what one of my professors was trying to get me to do. Um, but I was trying to really like focus on making individual pictures that were very strong. And I did wind up doing that. I still would go out and shoot like a pretty healthy handful of pictures. But whenever I would, would go out to take pictures, I wanted to really slow down the moment and really make sure that I made, made photos that I felt strong about in the moment while still taking those other pictures. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know about this one. I'm going to take the picture anyway. So that's a huge part of my process, and I lost a little bit of that last fall, so I wanted to bring that back. Shoot more Polaroids. Oh, hell yeah, I've got a whole installation that involves them. I shot more just last week. I shot my first color film on the SX-70. I still don't really like the color film, but, you know, it's kind of fun. I got a picture of my dog at home um, on my computer screen uh, taped to the bottoms. Like, this, there's Duffer just vibing on the couch. Um, yes, my dog's name is Duffer. He's a little cavalier. He's a great little guy. Um, gosh, um, this next one was physically impossible for me, which was try new 55 Polaroid film and also the one instant Polaroid film. One instant is a new production stuff made by SuperSense. Um, and just late, just recently this year, they, um, produced more of, I can't remember if it was the black and white, the color, but a, one of their specific uh, one instant films, they've continued working on new 55 they also made new 55 um i think please correct me if i'm wrong um 
it's yeah i can't couldn't find it for a, a reasonable price it's supposed to be expensive it's peel apart four by five film with an instant sheet like it's a very cool format i want to try it so bad um especially after seeing nick carver's desert photos with it like holy crap that stuff looks so good um perfect perfect kind of uh instant film to like emphasize the imperfections of instant film it it has all of it in the best ways possible so long as you get a good exposure but that's all film photography isn't it um so i can't cross that one off because it was physically impossible um keep up four by five well four by five is supposed to be a slow process i broke out the camera um gosh like once a season so I have a very small number of 4x5 photos, but I did shoot a lot of 4x5 early on in the year between January and March. Um, I took some portraits of friends. I tried out some film that I haven't used before. I tried slide film, even though I took a portrait of my friend Kelly and her husband, and I missed focus, you know? And the exposure was bang on for expired Provia. It was so fucking good exposure-wise, color-wise. But holy cow, if I just actually focused correctly, that would have been a beautiful portrait. I'm very grateful that the black and white one came out. So I gave I gave them all the, all the photos, um, but the black and white photo I took of them came out the best. Um, that was on a HP5, I believe. Um, so yeah, I took a few other um, 4x5 photos um, in the summer and over, uh, over the winter and uh, late autumn. So basically, once a season, I would go out with the camera. So I'll I'll consider that a win. Read more on art and photo. Well, I kind of had to. It's part of my degree. So that was almost like a cop-out. So I'll, I'll cross that one off. Um, I've been... Yeah. So my girlfriend does this uh, reading challenge. I forget the specifics. I think it's part of um, like a book rating website or something. You know, she can correct me later. But... Um, she does this reading challenge where she tries to read a certain number of books every year. She did it le this past year. She finished 41 books, the last of which was about 700-some pages, and apparently a very, very sad book. Um, I've been very bad about reading my books, so I was, I was serious about this, that I kind of want to compete with her. <laughs> um, she's a much faster reader than I am, so I'm going to lose, but I want to... Uh, try to keep up with her in regard to reading books and finishing them so um i'm currently finishing through i'm about halfway through jeff dyer's the ongoing moment and then i have a whole bunch of other staple photo related books such as susan sontag's on photography um roland bart's uh camera lucida um robert adams um why people photograph like there are certain books i have that are just really really important to have even if some of the claims are more debated now and less, you know, they're more like discussed and like, is this still applicable kind of questions? Um, but still very important for me to read as a fine art photographer. So um, Keep Building Library is kind of connected to that. Um, I've gotten a handful of more books. I got, actually, let me go take a look. All right. Um, so I got Ron Jude's Lago most recently. Um, a fabulous photo book. I have his other book, um, 12 Hertz from 2020. Lago is um, one of the other project of, projects of his that I love dearly. Um, I like his other stuff too, his more like found photos and archival work, but I'm more interested in things like Lago and 12 Hertz. 
Um, I managed to find for a relatively good price Richard Rinaldi's Fall River Boys, um, which is a locally important book for me because Fall River is very close to me. Um, and I spend a lot of time over there. So, ooh. Um, so of course, having a book about Fall River by a fantastic portrait photographer such as Richard Rinaldi um, was a very cool addition to my library. And it's, a older, it's an older one, so it's got a little bit of yellowing on the edges of the pages, but thankfully, the actual plates are great. Um, I got Katie Grannon's The Nine and The 99, um, an, another project about L.A., because I also have um, Gregory Halpern's Zizix. Um, Katie Grannon's 9 and 99 projects were... They were some of the earliest like art portrait photography pro like series that I've come across, and like specifically portraits, and I was just enthralled by it. I was so interested in what was going on and when i learned about what the project was actually about i'm like this is this is incredible like this is such an interesting series and i'm really grateful to have it it wasn't very expensive thankfully um i got um brendan burton's uh american poetry that was a more recent one um brendan burton um is a recent well not recent he's a past guest on the show um we talked a bit about that and how he made it, um, and I'm really glad that I finally got my hands on a copy. Um, of course, Alex Soth's um, A Pound of Pictures came out this year, as well as Gathered Leaves. I got both of those. Alex Soth is my favorite contemporary working photographer, artist, whatever you want to say. Um, he's had a major influence in my ideas and practice. Of course, like anyone, I'm not trying to be him, you know. That's some, that's some like high school mentality. I want to be just like my favorite artist. No, um, I've had that conversation and I need to put my foot down. Damn it. Um, my old professor, Jin Lee, she had, um, an exhibit or, uh, was involved in an exhibition. I believe also had a solo exhibition at, um, the Chicago cultural center, which had a, um, a very, very cool, perfect bound, uh, photo book that was accompanying it that went through both the exhibition and the artwork that she has. It's my first photo book of one of my professors um, in recent years because Jason Reblando also gave me his uh, um, his first real photo book of uh, New Deal Utopias. Um, but this is the most recent one that I got. Um, and Jen has some very cool work. I'm, I think I'm forgetting a couple other books, but I'm very excited about the books that I did get this year both for text and especially for the artwork. Um, so yes, keep building library. That's an ongoing, ongoing situation. Oof. Um, what the heck did I put? Oh, that's what I wrote. I couldn't read my own handwriting. Um, work on um, page layout, like for typography and such for art books, which Kind of, yeah. I'll do another dashed one. That's not one I'm going to go into too much detail because that's just kind of there. Um, collab with other artists, other media. No, not really. I kind of kept to myself this time. Get commissioned? No, not really. I mean, taking photos for my MFA friends, other artwork. That's one thing, but nah, I didn't really do any of that. Um, we're keeping this one off air. This one's bad. It's not bad, bad. Okay, I'll say it anyway. I... This time last year, end of last year, was before NFTs kind of went into the shitter. 
And of course, I don't really know what point they're at. For a very brief period of time, I was interested in selling NFTs and using my um, like traditional landscape work as the content that I would sell. I wouldn't sell any of my like conceptual art stuff. I would keep all of that for the gallery space, for the photo book space. I wanted to do the traditional landscape stuff because it would be a nice passive income and it's photographs that I made strictly for um, conventional beauty aesthetics, right? They weren't conceptual. Um, but I never really reached any point. I made an OpenSea account and then I instantly was like, not instantly, but like within a couple of weeks, I was like, this is not worth it. And witnessing a lot of the hilarity going on with NFTs and crypto this past year, I'm incredibly grateful that I did not get involved in it. Um, I know there's some um, artist folks that are involved in NFTs still that are doing really well with it, and I commend you for that. Um, I'm really glad that everyone that is doing well with that stuff is doing well. And I just hope that you're not putting all your eggs in one basket because that is what causes a lot of pain in any kind of um, uh, high volatility investment situation. I'm very new to investing. I'm much more in favor of investing in like normal stocks, but I'm very young at it. I'm not really invested much at all. Um, but yeah, I'm in incredibly glad that I did not get involved in it, in, uh, NFTs and crypto and such. So that one's going to stay crossed off and it's never going to come up on another list until things get refined and fixed. Um, shoot a few concerts. Unfortunately, I was not really able to do any more than one. I did one concert in March um, when I went to Chicago. My buddy Danny DeRusso, also a previous guest on this show, um, went to uh, he, he and the band that he photographs all the time, Young Culture, um, were in Chicago. I met up with him. It was the first night that I was in Chicago, and I was like, "Let's go! I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna borrow a camera from my old roommate. He also shoots with Sony, so I just threw my lens on there, um, and you know, I shot my first concert in about a year." It was so fun. I loved it. Um, I don't even remember if I finished photos for the other bands. I finished the, the photos of Young Culture, um, but I don't think I did anything else. It was really just a really good experience. And, you know, shout out to Danny and the Young Culture boys for always uh, inviting me in when I'm, you know, requesting to be on the list, you know. Um, do more portraits of artists? Yeah, I did. Um, I took photos of... Kelly that I mentioned before, Kelly um, DeWitt Steenhagen. She is a, a ceramicist um, based in the Midwest. Um, there is uh, Katie Rodden Walker. She is traditionally a ceramicist, but she does multi multimedia. Um, she is a very kind, wonderful human being. So is Kelly, of course, um, both of whom helped me a lot with kind of Pro, uh, processing some of the stress that was associated with continuing the MFA program. Um, and she, uh, Katie is up in the Boston area. Um, I also took portraits of, oh gosh, who else did I take portraits of? Um, I mean, those are the two primary ones. Um, I can't remember who else I did. Oh, um, there's an architect friend of mine over in Germany um, she was a um, international um, single semester um, transfer student, and she um, left early last uh, this past, uh, what the heck is it called, spring semester. Um, 
and uh well i think that was technically actually in december last year so i don't think that counts but janine junin very cool person um yeah so i did some more portraits so i'll cross that one off i also do a cross off of more concerts um tried doing other media such as drawing sculpture and such which i technically did i made a cardboard chair um which was a lot of fun i really enjoyed working with cardboard um i hadn't done that since undergrad um measured out a chair i had in my studio and basically made a replica out of cardboard a lot of fun um i did some experiments with drawing using charcoal on um on prints and all that and um matte paper prints so the charcoal would actually stick um but i really didn't do a whole lot other than that i tried a little bit of sound art recently um i nothing really came to fruition of that but i do have those recordings um but sound art is something i want to try later so yeah, I'll I'll do a dashed line on that one. Um, go to more exhibitions. Yeah, I did. In fact, my friend Bree from uh, my undergrad was the first of my friends from Illinois to visit me out here. And we went to the ICP. No, we went to the ICA. The ICP is New York. We went to the ICA in Boston um, and saw some really, really cool exhibitions um, and you know permanent stuff as well as... They had a show of their permanent collection that was curated and put together. They had some just really fantastic stuff at that point. Um, I wish I could remember specifically names, but it's been, you know, eight months since that time. Um, what else? Um, I can't remember if there's anything else, any other exhibitions other than like small local ones. My girlfriend and I went to go see Hannah Altman's show in Cambridge. Um, Hannah Altman is doing some really fabulous work um and you know learning that she's a massachusetts based artist and seeing that she's been really making some great moves in the contemporary photography scene um it's very cool to you know have met her seen her work in person um learn where she got things framed and kind of asked her about some of those annoying little things that isn't really talked about in art school and her being um not a whole lot older than me you know i was like hey like i'm at a coming up to a very very similar point to you in regard to age and experience in the art world um you know you got any tips or tricks to like help help someone like me along um so she was very cool very kind person doing some fantastic work um yeah go on walks more um even without a camera um i kind of did that um i mean my camera is always with me um because i always have my backpack with me which always has my camera uh, strapped away in there um but i didn't really go on as many walks as i wished i would have they were mostly just short walks from my apartment to um the studio um it's about about a two to three minute walk and i i wish i did more of it um but you know i'm in a i'm in a pretty nice comfortable part of new bedford but um you know it's just one of those things of like i just wish i did it more because i'm in a very walkable part of the city and i just don't really do it so that one i'm not gonna cross that one off unfortunately um write statements for other projects i really kind of did um a lot of things have changed in my projects my archive um anything that like was never like really like structured already before like this year i stopped kind of coagulating them into one project stuff that was already in a project like oak street moth um arbor neighbor stuff like that like those i refined their statements they're not perfect of course but they're also archived works so 
Um, I updated Dunes. It's still not perfect, but it will need to be by the time it's published. Um, things like that, right? So it's been a lot of like little things and also readjusting that. So yeah, I'll count that. Um, and then I had this specific project about a triptych um, that is related to my Polaroid installation that I'm working on, um, which involves a cactus, a bear tree, and a lighthouse. And I did finish that. Um, I shot the lighthouse photo. I found a perfect lighthouse not too far from me in Mattapoisett. It's, of course, a heavily photographed lighthouse, but I was looking for one that looked like a quintessential New England lighthouse, and gosh dang, that's what that one is. Not too tall, not too uh, chody. Um, it was the perfect aesthetic and also had some nice bare branches, um, bare bushes, because it was the winter. Um that I could put in the foreground, just like the other two pictures that had foliage in the foreground. So, yeah, that's um, 40 minutes in. This is a long episode, isn't it? Um, 40 minutes in, I finished going through my goals from last year, crossed off a fair number of them, I would say. Um, there were, yeah, I crossed off a pretty good number of them. Like, the ones that were left uncrossed were... Uh, Things that either lost interest or just weren't physically possible. I think the only one I'm really just disappointed in myself in was not going for walks. Everything else, you know, there were, I, I would think, legitimate reasons why I didn't complete them. So, this time, it's a little bit shorter. Um, a lot of those things still carry over, such as continuing to build my library, continuing to read, stuff like that. I'm actually going to quickly write that reading one down. Um, Alright. Um, so, going into 2023... I'm sitting here. It is almost noon. It's almost lunchtime on December 31st, 2022. It's been a crazy year, both for art and for personal life. Um, and before I get into these goals, I want to thank everyone that has helped me get to the point where I'm at in my art career so far. Um, of course, I'm still ex extremely young in my artistic career. Um, still within my early years, if I had to put a label on it. Um... But also in my personal life, you know, my girlfriend has helped me out tremendously with just going through everything and, you know, you know, say to each other that we keep each other sane. Um, and, you know, my family has also been tremendously helpful with my move, with, um, you know, just kind of keeping me mentally afloat. Um, you know, I talk to my parents almost every week, sometimes multiple times a week. And being so far away from family can be hard, but, you know, you know, my parents are accessible and I'm eternally grateful for their support through everything. Um, my professors, especially for helping me with my artistic progress, um, for helping me, you know, be realistic while also being, um, you know, focused, right? So that's something I'll be getting into with my written out goals here. Um, but there's been so much that has happened this year, um, and the past few years overall, um, that 2023 will be a great way to continue the positive momentum while learning from the negative experiences that we've all inevitably had this past year and previous years. So without much else, let's get into 2023's goals for my artistic life. The first thing is very obvious for me, at least graduate. My friend Bree, um, she helped me out with getting over here, and she told me that the like the primary thing that she wants is uh, just graduate. Literally, all I ask is that you graduate, and you know that's of course primary. Like I think every single MFA student 
has that same has the same struggle and you know i talked about in the past where like you might learn the hard way that an mfa is not the way for you you might realize that you know halfway through your program you might find this isn't for me you might even find out one semester in this is not for me i want to do something else like you moved across the country or you even moved to a different country altogether and maybe you realize that hard way this is not where i want to be for x y or z reasons and i need to go back home and try something else um i feel like every single mfa student has those battles at different levels at different like points um and sometimes you know through those battles you find yes i do need to jump ship and go somewhere else sometimes you find no like i'm going through a lot right now but I'm I'm where I need to be because I know what my goals are. And that's those are the same things that go in for people who jump ship. You know, it's like you know what your goals are, you know what you want to do, and you find that school's not for you. So like everyone, I struggled with it. And I'm glad that I'm finishing through with it. I have one more semester left. Um, this coming semester, I have two proper classes. One is a class in lighting for photography. I never got to take a lighting for photography class in undergrad because when it was offered, one um, the first time it was offered was before I became a photo major and I didn't have the prerequisites to be in the class. The second time it was offered was my last semester of my last year of undergrad and it didn't fit in my schedule. So I wasn't able to take it. Just really disappointed um, that that's how it worked out. But now I'm able to take it with um, an artist and photographer, Vinnie Martin, who's out here in Massachusetts. Um, great guy um, into a lot of the same kind of sport related things um, as I am in regard that he does more BMX kind of stuff, but he's got connections in skateboarding. Um, lots of similar music interests. He's a great guy, really cool guy. Um, and he also did this really cool for his MFA. He did a really cool series of every iPhone photo he took for those particular years. And he's been continuing that. It's very cool. Um, and then I'm also taking a sound art class which is going to be very cool. I'm taking it with one of my committee professors. Um, he did his dissertation on sound art and I've always been fascinated by it. I'm more interested in like the more musical side of sound art, but I'm also interested in how sound art can be applied in an installation and exhibition space. Um, Ron Jude's work has been really fascinating for me for experiencing the sound art while looking at the photo books. Um, since he's worked with, um, uh, Joshua Bonetta for his last two major projects. Um, so yeah, I've got some pretty cool stuff coming up this year. There's some other stuff that I can't quite officially say yet that's coming out. Um, that I'm going to be, you know, going through with for this coming semester. Some of it is school connected. Some of it is hopefully going to be assisted by school, but, um, overall there's some cool stuff this semester to really just finish off strong, finish my MFA thesis finish my thesis report and get that darn expensive piece of paper. Um, the second one. So, um, after my graduation, you know, I'm, I'm going to be going full time at my day job and, uh, you know, that's going to help keep things going. I'm in a, I'm so incredibly grateful that I'm in a job that I enjoy. Um, anyone that knows me knows that I have a very, very, very bitter taste about, um, the newspaper that I was working at in 2020 and late 2019. And 
you know, even though I learned a lot from it, it's one of those things that taught me what I don't want in a job. So the new job that I'm in, uh, my coworkers are fantastic, um, funny people, get along really well. It's a pretty good range of ages as well as um, genders, identifications. So it's a very diverse group in that regard and extremely supportive. That's probably the most important thing is that, you know, if I need to adjust my schedule for X, Y, or Z reasons, so long as it's, you know, reasonable, you know, they're supportive of it, you know, and not going to just say like, oh, I just kind of don't want to go to work today, but there's no actual, like, I'm not going through any like mental mental health strife. It's just like, oh, I'm lazy. I don't want to go to work. Um, but of course, that's a whole different conversation. So let's not get into that. Um, but to all that to say, while I'm going to be full time at this job, I want to be also teaching one or two adjunct positions. So I have a small list of schools that I'll be applying to teach at. Some of which are adjunct pools, some of which are specific positions. Um, but I really would love to build up my CV at a comfortable pace. Something that allows me to teach one to two classes a semester, um, learn what it's like teaching at different institutions, and kind of learn what I like, what I don't like. Um, and God forbid, there's always the possibility that I might find that I don't want to teach, which would suck because that's one of my goals with this MFA beyond, of course, the specific personal goal of wanting to be a better artist. I also want to be able to teach at a collegiate level and anyone that has that goal dreads the feeling of, Oh, I actually don't want to teach. So hopefully that won't happen. There's only one way to find out, isn't there? Um, from a more like technical standpoint, um, I want to get a new four by five camera and um, a couple more lenses. My 4x5 camera is really nice, but it's old and very limited. Um, I have this Polaroid back that takes that um, one instant film, the newer stuff that SuperSense makes, um, slash FP100, the, the old like pack 4x5, not 4x5, the pack Polaroid film that works with 4x5. I have the film back for it, and I tried it out and it works, but it does not work on my 4x5 camera. I have to take off the glass altogether instead of, you know, like putting it into those um, pressure plate things that hold it on there. I have to rubber band the damn thing to the back of my camera. So I want that's one limitation it has. It also has no swing. It only has rise. It has shift. Um, so I have shift and rise, which I think are the two most important parts of the 4x5 system. But having swing, having fall are really, really, really helpful. The back, to me, is not as important, especially because I want to be getting a folding camera um, rather than, you know, a press camera like I have now. Um, I mean, the, the the rear standard doesn't really need to fall and rise, but a lot of times the folding cameras, the folding wooden cameras, often have maybe about an inch of rise or fall, usually just rise. It depends on the model you get, but the front standard does the most work. Um, I used a Shenhao in undergrad and I loved that thing, but those things are so damn expensive. I've looked at the Intrepids, but even though those are really great cameras, there are certain design things that I don't like about them that I really hope that by the time I graduate, they may have introduced, I think it would be the Mark six. Um, like I really wish like, I don't know, Intrepid, if any of your folks are listening low chance, but Hey, you never know. Um, one of the things that I would love to see you guys develop 
is um a like a gear system sliding rail for the front and rear standards like really take that quintessential folding camera design that we're all very used to in 4x5 apply a lot of those really helpful things like the like a sliding gear focused rail system that allows the front and rear standards to move really smoothly um smaller knobs <laughs> the front standard on the newest 4x5 has such huge knobs in the front i'm like why why this is so cumbersome like it's very comfortable but it's also taking up so much space for a camera that's already big don't make it bigger um but overall like the intrepids are fantastic so i'm still like i've got some pretty big expenses this semester for various events and other like expenses overall um but I really need to find a 4x5 that fits the needs that I want because I want to shoot 4x5 so much more after I graduate. The lenses I want to get, I've got a nice 135. Um, I think it goes down to f4.5 or 5.6. I forget what it is. It's a really nice Schneider. It's not the best Schneider in the world. It's a very good standard one. It's got a little bit of soft corners. Um, so I would love to upgrade that lens at some point. Um, but I do want to get a new, I want to get a 210 and I want to get a 90. Um, so I have my wide angle. I have my portrait lens. I don't really have an interest in a telephoto lens, but, um, the 210 is the longest I want to go. Um, so yeah, that's that. Um, I want to, this is kind of a, this is one of those like vague things. So I'm kind of doubling back. I'm backing down on one of my early statements in this episode. I want to shoot photos for the sake of shooting photos. Again, this um, the MFA program is so hyper-focused and that wanting to experiment with different things was really hard to do while working on my thesis. And I found myself um, not really taking pictures for the sake of taking pictures. And I talked to my therapist about it and I was like, you know, that's one of my biggest struggles with um, the tail end of my MFA. It's like, I'm still shooting. I still have to shoot until about the end of January until it goes into full-blown studio mode. And... I just find it so hard for me to go take pictures because filling in those gaps for my thesis artwork as well as wanting to shoot new pictures overall is just like it's hard to do that so um, my therapist suggested like you know try to connect taking pictures with something else something else you already do or something else altogether so for example one of my most recent outings um in november i brought my 4x5 and I was like, I'm going to take pictures tomorrow. I'm going to Rhode Island and I'm going to take pictures tomorrow morning. And I needed something else to do. So I chose to bring my girlfriend coffee and donuts. And she was extremely grateful for it. She was so happy and like, you know, I, it was a very good, wholesome moment. And then I went right after I left to uh, Rhode Island to uh, take a couple photos that one of which wound up being a, a smash hit with my committee, which was fantastic. The other of which, not so much. But there were a couple other digital photos I shot that same outing that they also really enjoyed. But there was one specific photo. They were like, this is like a perfect representation of everything that you have been working toward. And it's like, yes, let's go. I got one picture. All right. Everything else is shit. That's not really what it felt like. But um I found that not taking pictures for the sake of taking pictures has been such a detrimental part of my practice. But now that I'm going into this heavy studio time from February until the beginning of May, 
I won't really be able to take pictures very much. In fact, I'm going to I'm going to be keeping my camera with me, but it's pretty much never going to leave the bag. Um unless absolutely necessary. You know, there's going to be moments where I'm like I can't not take a picture of this scene. I can't not take advantage of this light. Um and if I'm with my girlfriend, if I'm with another friend, I'll be like let's let's like compose something really quick. Um so like of course I'm going to make use of those moments, but I can't really be focused on that because my focus will be on the studio. Um, and a lot of times, especially as I'm, you know, after I graduate, you know, taking photos for the sake of taking photos is the way to come up with new ideas. And when my thesis is done, my thesis is done. Like it's from there, it's off to publishers. It's off to gallerists. It's off to galleries calls for entry all over. Like that project then enters into its next stage of life after it's completed that it's time to start sending it places to build up that project in my cv and have that hopefully published and shown around the country god forbid around the world um always i recommend this to all my artist friends but of course sometimes i disagree start local look within like a 50 mile radius for galleries and say like hey i've got this artwork it's all ready to be exhibited if you have any slots or even some group shows like i would love to show this work um, so that's kind of like that's an extremely dumbed down version of the process. It's honestly a lot more stressful, but um, that's kind of what I'll have to do. Um, try new ideas. That's another very general one, but I have specific things shortly following after it. That is Maine. Maine has become this kind of mythical place to me. That's a little bit dramatic, isn't it? I've been interested in taking photos in the state of Maine since I moved out here. I haven't gone to Maine yet. I've seen photos of Maine and I have friends that frequently go to Maine because I got family or friends up there. Some of my coworkers have family and friends up there. But at the same time, I've never been there myself. And, you know, from a national park standpoint, Acadia is right there. And I'm like that, I would love to go to Acadia, all those islands, the mountains. It's such a cool landscape that I've seen in photos. I want to go in person. Um, as well as, um, you know, the... Blue Ridge Mountain Road, I think, or the trail, I think, officially starts in central Maine. Um, but I'm also very fascinated by the northern terminus of U.S. Route 1. And anyone that knows me knows that I'm a nerd about U.S. highways. I'm not a very, like, I'm not like a savant level where I know every little detail about it. I'm just fascinated by it. I love the fact that the numbering system kind of has a system but also really doesn't because there are so many moments where the numbers break those rules and it's like okay so there is no system the system is that there is no system the same thing goes for interstates um but i'm really fascinated by that so maine has become a really cool interest that i want to like after i graduate i'm gonna try to schedule like at least a weekend outing to maine and just bring the four by five bring my digital camera and just go somewhere I also really want to try more abstract work. I did some at the end of this past semester, um, doing some deep black and white uh, photos by the seaside using um, light painting with my um, flashlight or my strobe on my camera. Um, it was a lot of fun doing those. It was very cold, very windy, but it was worth it. Some very, very cool photos came out of that. And I really want to keep that up because it's an abstraction that involves the kind of landscape I like to shoot. 
So it's not like so abstract where it's like long exposures with blur and other kinds of like literal interpretation of abstraction, but rather abstraction in the sense of like I'm abstracting the place using light. And that's something I've done in a lot of my pictures for my thesis, um, but I want to do that more in a focused manner. Um, I also want to do some non-photo work, such as sound art, get back into illustration, um, things like that. Of course, I want to continue the zine work. I consider that to be non-photo work because it's book editing and designing. It's not taking pictures, but it's an aspect of photography. Um, but yeah, that's like the kind of stuff there, um, trying new ideas. Um, when I'm out of my current shoebox apartment, I want to build a better home studio. What I'm working with now is a very, like it's split. So I have my actual studio provided by the school and I'll have a little bit of a tail end to still have my stuff in the studio for a while. But of course I got to move out eventually. Um, both of my shoebox apartment, but also of the school studio. Um, but I want to take things that I, that worked well from my school studio and apply that to my future apartment. And you know, that would involve getting a two bedroom place and, uh, putting my computer desk on one side of the wall, putting pin boards on the other side of the wall, having my printer, maybe even trying to get at home developing stuff, but that might not be necessary because I recently found out about a, uh, community creative space that has a black and white dark room. I'm like, that is so cool. So I'm going to try to become a member of them that will take out all the wet stuff from my home studio and keep all the dry stuff at the home studio. Another really expensive aspect of that, along with upgrading my computer just a little bit, improving the RAM, getting a new case, things like that. Um, a couple more fans to help keep it cool. Um, I also want to get another monitor. I have the Asus ProArt 27 inch uh, 2K screen. If those numbers mean nothing to you, that's perfectly okay. It's a nice big screen. I want another one. Um, so this is also the game, the screen that I game on. Um, so it'd be nice to be able to have one screen connected to my PlayStation, the other screen connected to my computer. Um, but also having two screens while editing photos, um, ha I've done it in the past. It is so nice to have two big honking screens. Um, so I want to get that situated. But another thing is, um, connected to another one of my goals, um, I want to print more of my archive like of the stuff that I want to have printed, right? Some of it that can stay in the hard drive. I'm okay with that, but um, there's some stuff I really want to have printed out. For example, Moth. I have eight by tens of everything, but I've updated the coloring, the contrast control, the sharpening, all of that. I've fixed the sizing. Um, I was printing them too big before and I realized 16 by 20 is the biggest I can take those things. That might even still be too big. But I want to print them off at size and then print off new 8x10 archive pieces. And I want to have, this is a very expensive and heavy thing, I want to have a flat file. And those are not cheap and those are not easy to bring into anywhere. A house, an apartment, um, that kind of thing, right? So I want to have a flat file of some stature, but I don't know how realistic that is. But that's something I would love to have especially as I start building my portfolio, I'll have my thesis prints in there, all that kind of stuff. Because a chance of me having any kind of gallerist that has that collection in their possession at their facility, that's a low chance this early into my artistic career. So I had to do it myself for a while. And who knows, maybe I'll continue to do it myself the entire time I'm an artist.
Um, another thing I have kind of related to that again is submitting to calls for entry. A lot of times calls for entry want to have the physical stuff like already existing. And sometimes they want to even have you send pictures of the framed piece. Um, that's what I did for the, uh, for the Wisconsin show. Um, so calls for entry are of course expensive depending on where you're at. Sometimes you can get a student discount. Sometimes students get to submit for free, but I won't be a student anymore. Um, so a lot of times calls for entry, I think the average price is between 30 and $50, which is annoying if you're submitting so frequently. So you really have to pick and choose which calls you're submitting to, which ones are online, which shouldn't cost a lot, but they do cost some. Um, you got to pay for the website and all that, right? Um, but also the ones that are in person, you know, you're going to pay for the submission. Let's say you get accepted. Now you got to pay for the travel or shipping because you might be able to drive it there yourself. You might have to ship it there. I had to ship mine to Wisconsin. It's a little expensive, but it was okay. It basically was paid for with the award. Um, so I didn't really make much profit off of that. <laughs> Sorry, my nose is still funky. Um, but yeah, calls for entry can be kind of annoying, but um, if I try to submit to at least one or two every month, you know, that ups my chance of getting more eyes on my artwork, um, but also being very picky about it. Like, I know that this artwork is suitable to this call. If it doesn't get in, that's okay. At least I submitted. Um, finish uh, and begin publishing the process, pub the publishing process for Dune. Like I said, there are conversations being had about Dune Edge Face West being published. Um, but this time I made it a little bit more like finish and begin publishing process. Like it's not just publish it. It's like, I want to like get the actual process going because especially after everything I learned about the publishing world, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. Um, and the sequence hasn't even been finalized yet. So of course that needs to be done. I also, I already talked about this. I want to publish my thesis work somehow, um, show it around that kind of thing. So um, beyond, of course, publishing with the school, because that's just kind of a default, like your thesis gets published with the school, is kept in the library, all that. Um, I know I'm very likely going to be donating at least one or two pieces to my school, but I also want to donate one or two pieces to my undergrad. Um, the rest would come with me. Um, but yeah, you know, kind of co connected with that again. A lot of these are connected by loose threads. Um, an agency, whether it comes or not. I'm going to be talking to some friends that are um, that are involved with agencies and seeing like, okay, what to look for, what to avoid, um, how to understand the process of having an agency and what that really means as a fine art photographer. Um, I want to get on at least one photo podcast. There's a possibility I could get on one specific one, but I'm not going to drop names. Um, but I... I want to get on at least one, whether it's just a small bit or a full episode interview. I doubt the full episode interview because I'm so young, very early in my artistic life. I'm still figuring things out. And uh, that's kind of one of those things of. Let's uh, let's wait a little bit until I get a full episode, right? I'm not sure if I'm ready to be interviewed to that extent, but a small feature would be nice. Um, continuing YouTube and ready for mistakes. Yeah, generally. Yeah. Um, uh, my new video series, um, tired of old work was just started. I recorded the next episode recently. 
um, just two days ago, I think, and I need to edit that, put that together, get the pictures on the screen. Um, but I also, of course, really want the podcast to be back up and running, and I think it'll be easier after I graduate. Um, I'll have less on my shoulders. I'll just have to worry about my job and um, just going out to take pictures. Um, I want to also write more blogs. I didn't give myself a specific range, and maybe I should. Um, writing a blog a month is pretty realistic for me, um, but I, of course, anticipate a big blog post and also podcast episode about post-graduation. Like, I just finished my MFA. Here's everything that I got from it, and here's what I think could help you guys. That's inevitable. Um, yeah. I want to collaborate with my girlfriend a little bit more for her writing and my photography. We've had this idea about going on like a weekend trip and um, doing like a call and response kind of thing um, where she or I take pictures and she responds to my photos and I take pictures responding to what she writes. Um, I've wanted to do that for quite a while. Um, we almost had an opportunity to do that, but things kind of fell apart because of expenses. That's okay. That happens. Um, it's at least an idea that we both want to do. Um, but I want to do other writing collaboration kind of things. Um, I've always wanted to do a photo book that has very little photos and a lot more writing. So it'd be more her than it is me. Um, but I would still want it to be treated as a photography-oriented book. Um, so, you know, having a girlfriend who has an MFA in creative writing helps quite a lot with that. Um, so I want to collaborate with her more. Um, I know she doesn't really listen to this podcast because she's not a photographer or interested in photography in that way, which is okay. Um, but if she is, hey, how's it going? Um, I want to try to get back into music photography and, uh, you know, especially with the MFA finishing, you know, I'll have more time on my hands. I've been to quite a few metal shows this year and I gotta say, I saw Loathe in Cambridge. Oh my God. Any of you metalheads out there that know of Loathe, holy crap. That was probably one of my top five favorite concerts overall my whole life. That was such an incredible show. Um, I did also see Bad Omens. Um, I saw Silent Planet, Fit for a King, like Moths to Flames at this incredible nine-band lineup show in Worcester. Um, I saw Hail the Sun. Um, I saw... Dean Lewis with my girlfriend. I saw Bleachers with my girlfriend. Um, we went to go see the Nutcracker, if that counts as a concert. Um, we've got a few concerts lined up for next year as well. So um, music is, of course, ever-present in my work, but in my work, in my life. Um, but I want to get back into taking pictures at concerts, like actually being on the photo list and taking photos and for the band, for the venue, whatever it winds up being, um, because I missed that side of my artwork pra practice. So it'd be nice to get back into it. I want to do more portraits, mostly of artists and friends, because that's the easiest way to start. Um, a lot of my friends are artists, so of course it's nice and easy. Uh, my girlfriend even talked to me about um, taking a new portrait of her for her podcast um, to kind of like usher in a new season, I guess you could say. And, um, that uh that's something i'm really excited to do um i have friends of mine that are coming down fairly soon that are going to be that i'm going to be wanting to take pictures of them on their on my big four by five camera um so stuff like that starting local like i always say start local start with what you know
Um, this one is a more general one, um, just kind of about my practice is basically stop thinking so much, just make. And that's, again, more for my post-graduation side of things. Um, so after I finish my MFA, have that big honking piece of paper in my hands, I'm not going to have anything specific to work on. So I really just want to do things like go to Maine or um, continue the abstract work, but just kind of make stuff. Not be so concerned in the moment about, oh, what is like what is this project going to be, this, that, and the other. Now just take photos. One photograph can lead to another. One idea will lead to another. Oh, I need to go to that town. I hear it's really cool. Talk to locals. Like Go through the artistic process without any specific guidelines other than just my general thematic interests. Um, and then the focus will come in time. That's what I did for my thesis. So I can do it again. Um... Maintain my artist friendships and connections. That's something, again, very general. Um, I think that being a student, it's really hard to keep in touch with the folks that you've connected with over the years. Um, I've unfortunately lost touch with a lot of my artist friends um, that I made during COVID, some of whom I still talk to, some of whom I, and were in my life prior. But it's something that I'm really sad that I kind of allowed to happen, and I want to fix that. I want to reconnect with certain people, and I want to, um, of course, continue connecting with new people, um, making new friends in the art world, and just understanding that, you know, it's a very organic process. You know, you don't want to force it, just like anything. Never want to force it. Um, so I want to, like, I want to maintain a positive momentum with um with my art artist friends and connections that i've made along the way because they're really important just in life and of course in a professional sense i think more so in your life than your professional life um and then finally i mentioned this before i want to read one of my photo books at least not photo book photo books but like text photo books try to get one a week or every two weeks just try to keep up with my girlfriend because she reads so much and it's so inspiring it's so it's so wonderful seeing how much she reads and how much she gets out of it um gosh all get out has a song there is a line that say um something about books knowing someone better than the singer does better than the narrator of the song does and it's like yeah uh, my girlfriend's books know her better than anybody and um that's just it's so wholesome to see how important they are to her and that i want to try to get a similar consistency with reading for my um artistic theory books my photo theory books and all that learn by my own pace but also trying to get something out of it and all of this would be contributing to finishing my thesis report as well because that's also very important um not just name dropping, but actually like knowing what the heck I'm reading and how to apply it to my thesis. So this episode has been 75 minutes at this point. Um, if you've somehow managed to make it through this whole darn thing, an hour and 15 minutes plus, holy cow, thank you. Um, it has been such a crazy year in every way, shape and form, in the good ways, in the bad ways. Um, I hope everybody has their own goals and 
you know, tangible things, realistic things, and even some lofty things, because you never really know. Um, as the first month of 2023, as January continues, I'm definitely going to be adding to my list, but I'm really grateful for everyone and everything that has come for me this, this year with learning about my own practice, learning what I like, what I don't like, um, having a partner with me that is supportive and understanding whenever I say, Hey, hang on, can I take a, can I take a photo really quick? Um, and she always just kind of deals with me like that. It's, I'm very grateful for her. Um, but yeah, I hope you all have a fabulous new year. Um, I'm going to be trying to put this up today and, uh, yeah, thank you so much for such a wonderful year in art, photography, life, despite the thick and the thin, we've all fought through a lot of things in our own ways, in our own lives. We all have different situations. Um, yeah. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you in the next one.